Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, women. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom or your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a yoga and meditation teacher, best-selling author, and spiritual guide for women. I created this podcast because I wanted to offer Dharma Talks, or wisdom teachings as they're called in the Buddhist tradition, through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Because I believe that when a woman gets still and quiet enough to hear the voice of the divine within her, she can finally download the guidance she needs to become the most magnificent expression of herself possible, and in turn, inspire others to do the same. Throughout both the first halves of November and December, I'm offering a special series here on the podcast called Dakini's Den. In Tibetan Buddhism, Dakinis are manifestations of awakening, appearing in a feminine form. And Dakinis Den was the name of the monthly class and Dharma talk I gave in this year's nine-month women's spiritual practice community, the She School, and its mastermind component, the She Leadership Circle. These talks were a favorite both for me and the women in the programs, and I'm going to share several excerpts with you here over the next month. I also created this series in honor of the opening of 
the latest evolution of the She School. This year, it will be a 12-month program called A Year of She, and this is the eighth year that I've been leading some version of this. A Year of She is for women who want to make their spiritual practice the foundation of their life in 2019. And its mastermind level, the She Leadership Circle, is for women who want to apply their spiritual insights to their careers for more impact, creativity, and service. Early registration with special gifts and discounts closes on November 16th, and then regular registration closes on December 13th. To learn more, head to ayearofshe.com. That's ayearofshe.com. And for now, welcome to Dakini's Den. Hello, loves. I felt inspired to share this final extra she talk on the podcast before the close of 2018. And this is the audio that it was pulled from a Facebook live that I gave recently on essentials for a daily practice. So I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope that it rekindles some passion and some rigor in you around your spiritual practice as we move into this very sacred time of year of really honoring the inner light and preparing for a new year. And I have a feeling that 2019 is going to be a big year, both at the individual and collective level. And we really need the strong foundation of our spiritual practice to allow us to be the women that we need to be to rise to the occasion of these times. Enjoy, and I'll see you in the new year. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hello, beautiful women. This is Sarah Von Stover here, and I am the author of two books, The Way of the Happy Woman and The Book of She. And I am also a guide for women on their spiritual path. And today we're here talking about essentials for a daily practice. This is one of my favorite topics. It's something that I've devoted really my whole adult life to and that I am really passionate about getting other people involved with because I think that in order to live powerfully, we need to have a daily spiritual practice. And especially in these times where on any given day, there can be so much chaos, so much tragedy, both at a collective level and at an individual level. More and more now, individuals are going through really challenging times. And I think that these times are here to really break us open and to learn a whole new way of living in the world and to really prepare us for a new time that we're entering in, in the world. This time of year is a really powerful time to establish or recommit to a practice. And we all have periods of time where we fall off the spiritual wagon. (laughs) That's part of the process. That's totally okay. And it's important that we get back on the wagon 
And oftentimes when we fall off and then when we get back on, we get back on with an added rigor and added passion and added intensity. And it's like we can go twice as far in half the time with that increased passion. So that is my hope for all of us in 2018, rather 2019, <laughs> New Year's coming, in 2019, and that we take this time over the holidays to recommit to our practice and to see what elements maybe have gotten too loose. One of the common things right now is a lot of really I can call it loosey-goosey spiritual practice. It's dabbling in a little bit of this and a little bit of that without going deep and without getting really serious and without having a lineage that we lean into. And you don't need to be part of just one lineage. It can be you know, a certain lineage in yoga, a certain lineage in Buddhism, but really going to the roots of teachings rather than thinking that just lighting a candle is a spiritual practice or having a new moon ritual is a spiritual practice. Those are beautiful things. Those are beautiful um, additions to a spiritual practice, but they are not the real transformative tools that really shift how you think, how you act, and who you are in the world on a daily basis in a fundamental way. So I'm going to go through some essentials to have as part of your daily practice. And you can check to see which of these feel non-existent, which of these feel really strong, which of these you feel called to add. Uh, because ultimately with anything that I'm sharing here, these are things that you, that all of us already know. I'm not sharing anything new. These are things that were born knowing inside of us but they are, so they're very simple, but they're very different from the thinking and just the common way of being in the world. So we need to have these communities, these, like these tribes of people around us and these teachings to continually remind us that there is another way, that there is a better way, that there is a truer, more intrinsic way, and to give us the courage and the accountability to stay on that path. So the first, the most important piece, if you're to have anything in a spiritual practice, the number one thing is a meditation practice. And years ago, when I wrote my first book, The Way the Happy Woman, it came out in early 2011. In all the interviews that I did, the TV, radio interviews, etc., for that book, people asked me, what is the number one thing that women can do to really cultivate and safeguard their happiness? And my answer to that is sit in silence and stillness for 10 minutes a day. My advice has not changed since then. I really stand by that as the number one most important thing that we can do to safeguard our happiness, our peace, our sanity, and to really be able to be a blessing in the world rather than to constantly be knocked over by the world or reacting to it. So meditation, first thing in the morning, 
spiritual traditions throughout time have really lauded the importance of the early morning. This is the time where our teacup, so to speak, is empty. It's not yet overflowing like it often is by noon, right? So it's a time when we still have some quiet in us, where the responsibilities of the day have not seeped in. And it's really important to have a hygiene practice around our use of technology. So rather than going to our phones first and doing the Facebook and the WhatsApp and the Instagram and the text messages and the voicemails and the news and all those things is to really build that inner musculature of waking up and sitting down in stillness, in silence. So just like in physical exercise, we train ourselves to be strong so that we can move with agility. A meditation practice trains us to be able to sit in stillness. It trains us to be still. And in that stillness, we can hear the only voice that really matters in terms of guiding us in our lives. We can hear what's called the still small voice inside. And if we jump out to the voices of the world, it's very easy to get swayed off course and to take other people's voices over our own inner knowing. And this inner voice is the voice of your heart. And while it can sound trite and cliche to follow your heart, our hearts know the path to the realization of our fullest, highest potential in this lifetime as human beings. How to be the most fabulous women that we can be. And we're not gonna be able to unlock that path or that potential without taking time to sit still and listen. So different kinds of meditation practices. There's TM, there's um, Buddhist meditation. I am a big advocate and practitioner of Buddhist meditation because I feel that, you know, I used to be a ballerina when I was younger and I found that being trained in classical ballet then allowed me to be adept at other forms of dance and even yoga. It, it's very versatile. It gives you a really classical body training and a sense of grace and strength that's really deep and intrinsic in the core. And I feel that Buddhist meditation is the same. It's, it's very simple, it's very classic, and it then can be adaptable to other forms of awareness practices and embodiment practices. But ultimately, each of us needs to listen inside and see what path we feel drawn to, but to not just make up our own thing, but to really look at these ancient practices, these ancient lineages, and follow them and adhere to them and learn from them. In Buddhism, there's something called the Three Jewels or the Triple Gem. And the Buddha taught that these three things in equal measure are needed for a really solid, effective spiritual practice. And it's the Buddha, which is one's own inner light or awareness, the Dharma, which is the teachings. So it's really important that we 
look back at these teachings and bring them to life in the modern day. And then the Sangha, which is our spiritual family and community. Uh, so meditation is the number one thing. And 10 minutes a day, we all have 10 minutes a day. I think the latest statistic with this new app on the iPhones that uh, tracks how long you spend online, I think the average is four hours that people are spending on their phones. So if we have four hours to spend on our phones, most of that time being on social media apps, you know, at least half that time, these statistics say we're on our social media apps, you know, we can all spare at least 10 minutes. And if you have a longer sitting practice, then, you know, go to 15, 20, 30, 45, 60 minutes. That stillness will carry you throughout your day so that when you get triggered, or when you know when you get that that email or that text rather than just reacting or shutting down you have trained that musculature of stillness and there's a pause and in that pause there's a choice point to do something different okay so number one is meditation number two is like the complement to meditation. They really go together like peanut butter and jelly. And number two is prayer. And prayer, it's not just a metaphor. <laughs> when you say, you know, I'm, I'm going to say a prayer for you. It's actually something that's very practical that I don't think we engage enough of in our lives. Because as human beings, we have free will. And the divine, this loving intelligence that pervades all things, this universal intelligence, and universe, the universe is the mind of God. If we don't actually invite that universal intelligence into our lives, it's not going to enter. So we have to consciously invite the divine in and offer things over and you know if you have a health condition to hand that over if you have a challenging situation and you don't know what to do about it rather than just staying locked in your limited mind because the god mind universal intelligence sees everything knows everything has much bigger perspective than little you or little me and we, we say that prayer, we hand it over, and we allow for something new to occur that is something that we could have conceived of in our minds. And I say that prayer and meditation go hand in hand because when we pray, say we pray for a solution to a problem, we pray for guidance about our next steps, of course, in Miracles, a self-study text in spiritual psychotherapy teaches that every day we need to ask God or the divine, you know, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? Make that prayer. And then the meditation is the listening. The meditation is where we actually receive the answers. 
And so many times we're lopsided. We're meditating, but we're not actually asking for guidance. So we're not honing our inner listening to be able to receive the message, receive the guidance. Or the flip side of that, we're praying, but we're not meditating. So we're not providing the space to actually hear the answers. Okay, so prayer and meditation first thing in the morning and just really training those, baking those in as part of our daily routines so that our day becomes prayerful. We start to live in a prayerful way. We remember to stay open to guidance and asking for support for forces larger than us as we move through the day. The next one is conscious embodiment. And our bodies are instruments of consciousness. And as such, our bodies, these, these instruments need to be tuned. And these, this tuning needs to happen in a way that you feel drawn to. So for me, that's been yoga. There's been other forms as well, but yoga is that ancient technology to wait, awaken the energy system in the body to allow us to sit still in meditation, to allow us to have a clear mind, to allow us to continue to find homeostasis and equilibrium in the body, especially as we grow older. It's a great friend to keep us supple, keep us open, keep us bright, keep us healthy. You may be drawn to Qigong or um, Tai Chi or Kung Fu or other forms of conscious embodiment, dance. But again, it's important that we remember the word conscious, that when we're conscious, we're not running an automatic program. So we're not checking out. We're not on the treadmill or on the elliptical machine watching Netflix, which I enjoy doing sometime, but that's not my conscious embodiment practice. Um, or it's not just going to a spinning class and listening to music and having someone tell you, you know, how many RPMs to be at, which again is something I enjoy doing, but it's a whole different thing. So conscious embodiment is again really rooting ourselves in a lineage of awakening the consciousness in the body. The next one I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the triple gems, and that is this aspect of community or Sangha. A lot of times, you know, spiritual practice is a very intimate thing. It's I feel it's the most intimate relationship we can ever have. And that as women, we need to make our primary relationships with God. And we can get into a lot of trouble when we start to lean on someone else or we start to lean on a substance, food, alcohol, work, <laughs> because we're always going to be leaning in some direction. So we need to lean towards that which is going to be really wholesome and empowering, and that is our connection to the divine. From that relationship, then, we go out into the world and we practice 
the truth, even if our senses are not perceiving it in that moment, that every person that we see is a reflection of the divine. And that's in yoga, you know, we say namaste. And that is the light in me bows to the light in you. And there is no one that has a better light or a lesser light or no light. We all have this light within us and it can really change your day to go out into the world and really look in people's eyes and really don't, you know, don't turn away without, you know, don't be too scary without really seeing that light in them. Because one of the things that we're faced with in the world right now is a crisis of presence. We have forgotten how to be present <laughs> fundamentally with ourselves and with God and then with each other. You know, there's a crisis in parenting, just having screens replace parenting. And there's, you know, I see people when I go to the airport going to order a cup of coffee and not even looking at the cashier because their face is just in their phone. We're forgetting how to just be with each other. So community is important and really seeing the divine in others, even in challenging relationships. You know, often our, we've all heard this, that the most challenging relationships that we have are the biggest fuel for our soul growth and our evolution and these healing of wounds that would never come up if the relationship weren't so challenging. And then we need people who really get us and really understand our worldview and share the same values as us and don't think we're weird when we wake up first thing in the morning and meditate and do yoga and all of these things. We need people who are really on the same path as us and who can travel through this journey of life with us through all the ups and downs and who we can come together and practice with so that we're not always practicing by ourselves. This is really important. Uh, community or Sangha. Another dimension, so we have meditation and prayer and conscious embodiment and community. Another dimension that I think is often lacking is this notion from the eight limbs of yoga, Patanjali's Ashtanga yoga, eight limbs of yoga. And that's the concept of Swadhyaya. And Swadhyaya is the study of sacred texts as well as self-study. So one of the things that happens with this loosey-goosey spiritual dabbling is that we don't, we're not going deep. And by going deep, I mean that these teachings in sacred texts or that second jewel in Buddhism, the Dharma, the teachings, they are designed to reprogram our subconscious mind. So 
those of you who've studied with me before know that I'm very interested in the subconscious mind because our subconscious mind is really driving the bus of our lives, <laughs> although we're often not aware of it until you are, right? So the conscious mind, which most of us live from, is only 5% of the mind. The subconscious mind, then, is the other 95%. The subconscious mind lives in the body. That's why when you do trauma therapy, you're working with the body because the trauma is stored in the subconscious mind. When you do hypnotherapy, you know, you've tried everything at the conscious level to stop smoking, to heal your insomnia, to heal a sense of unworthiness, these things which you know were programmed into you at a very young age because up until about the age of eight, especially the age of four, we're just pure subconscious. There's no conscious mind. There's no analytical mind. There's no filter. So everything, every look, everything we hear just goes directly into the subconscious mind. And this is why if you are parenting a child for between the ages of one and five, your most important job is to be there for that child and really monitor everything you say, everything you do, because that is priming this individual for the rest of its life. So messages around money, messages around uh, self-esteem, about being a girl or being a boy or whatever one's gender identity is. All of these things are programmed in at that very young age. So with the spiritual journey, it's a reprogramming, again, to remember this lost way of living that is simple, but very different from the ways of the world, which are very governed by competition and fear and scarcity. And to remember this way of being, which is about simplicity, it's about generosity, it's about forgiveness, forgiving others, it's about atone, atonement, atoning for our own mistakes and learning from them. It's about emulating the divine and remembering that the truth, the spiritual truth is we are all one, like literally. It's just an illusion that we're these separate bodies. And in order to not get wrapped up in the fear thinking of the world, we need to take time every day to read the truth. So not only to sit in meditation and to pray, but to bake in the teachings of the truth so we remember what is real. And when we go out into the day, we can... We can remember then that what we're seeing is, is actually a, hallucina a hallucination. Took me a moment to get that word out, hallucination. And again, just like with a form of meditation that we're going to embrace or the form of conscious embodiment that we're going to embrace with Swadhyaya, with the sacred texts, 
we want to be really prayerful around what we feel called to. And if you ask, you know, what text do I need to help move me forward in my life and on my path right now, you will be led to it. And one of the things that's so interesting for me as an author is how people find my books. And I hear some really wild stories of how, how people find my books. And I don't, it's not random. And the same has been true for me on my path. There are certain books or certain, certain teachers or messages that come to me in different phases of my life that help to guide me towards the next step. Um, some examples of ones that I've used in the past is the Noble Eightfold Path from Buddhism. I had followed that for a whole year because that also includes the Four Noble Truths in Buddhism. So that's 12 things, you know, the, the Four Noble Truths and then the Eightfold Path. And I've taken a whole year to really dive into that. What has been speaking to me the most strongly for the past few years is A Course in Miracles. And I mentioned that earlier. There's no author. This was dictated internally to a woman who was working at Columbia University in the mid-60s. And it's not for any one religion. It says that it's for all religions and no religions. And although it's written in the terminology of traditional Christianity, uh, but it's really for anyone who feels drawn to it. And it is reprogramming the subconscious mind and rewiring the way that one thinks, the way that one sees the world. And there are three texts in A Course in Miracles. And the second one is a workbook for students. And in that workbook for students, there are 365 lessons. So perfect, take one lesson a day. And each lesson is a short sentence, like a mantra, but it's in English, to sit with for five minutes in the morning, and then there's some description of it. But to use that sentence as a landing point. And it said that if you spend five minutes with that in the morning, it will shift and be in charge of your thoughts for the entire day. And I've had that experience a number of times with A Course in Miracles, which is one of the reasons why I felt drawn to it in the past few years, where I've had a lot of challenges in my life. And I realized that if I was going to make it to the other side of those challenges, I needed to get even more serious about my spiritual practice. And particularly, I needed to really stay on top of how I was thinking. One of the teachings in A Course in Miracles is you achieve so little because you have an undisciplined mind. And I think that is true for all of us. I think that we, we are capable of so much more and our minds are the real point of power, but we do not know, because we're not leaning on these, this ancient technology of all spiritual traditions throughout time, of how to really hone and train the power of the mind and align the power of the mind with the forces of the universe. So A Course in Miracles, I've found, is, is really powerful at doing that. And... Um, 
many others, many millions of others have found that as well. But like I said, you need to listen in and find what feels right for you. Okay. So these are the core, these are the core things for a daily practice, uh, meditation, prayer, conscious embodiment, community, and swadhyaya. And again, first thing in the morning. And if you, if you have all of these, I would say a minimum of half an hour, like 10 minutes prayer meditation, 15 minutes yoga. One of my yoga teachers said that if you just you know, do sun salutations or do yoga for 15 minutes, that opens up your energy body. So it doesn't need to be that elaborate. And then, you know, five minutes of this swadhyaya, if it's a, one of the lessons in A Course in Miracles or something else. So I'm curious for those of you who are here, which of these do you feel really called to working with and spending more time with in 2019? You can go ahead and type that into the chat. And also, if you have any questions or other comments, you're welcome to type those in too. And I also wanted to share that all of these things are a part of my year-long program called A Year of She, which is a 12-month women's spiritual practice community. And I created this eight years ago. So this is the eighth emanation of this. It keeps shifting and evolving over the years. Because I found, like I was saying with the Sangha, with community, that it's, it's hard to do this by ourselves, especially for a woman's spiritual path, which we've so often just kind of had to morph into and many times sit in the back of the room <laughs> uh, in more masculine-dominated spiritual traditions. At least that was my experience when I lived in Asia. So a year she is, is female-centric, and we have... Uh, meditation that I guide, a monthly meditation, and also archives of past meditation audios. We have a monthly video yoga class, a yin and flow yoga class, and also an archive of a lot of past videos. I teach a monthly class, which provides the dharma or the teachings, and I call that a she dharma talk giving these wisdom teachings around different aspects of the path and our lives as, as modern women. Uh, we have sisterhood, obviously, and just connecting in community and sharing our ups and downs. Uh, guest teacher library for more of that study, you know, like how does spirituality apply to our finances, apply to our sexuality, to our relationships, to our creativity, we have about 30 of those guest teacher interviews, and it's always growing. And this year I'm adding a few new things which I'm really excited about. And one is optional daily study of A Course in Miracles. And one of the reasons why I expanded this program from nine months, which is what it's been the past years, to 12 months, 
is because we really need to be practicing 365 days a year, especially in these times. Like we're really not going to be able to rise to the occasion of who we need to be in the world right now to move the world in the right direction. It's not going to be any one individual that's going to do that. It's going to be all of us having a shift in consciousness and working together rather than against each other. Uh, so we need to be practicing every day. And so we can do this Swadhyaya every day. And for women who feel called to do one of these lessons in A Course in Miracles in a day. And the first half of the year in A Course in Miracles is about undoing the addiction to fearful thinking. And the second half of the year is laying in new neural grooves of, of thinking in alignment with love. So that's one option for the daily Swadhyaya, which I'm super excited about. And um, we start on January 1st. So waking up on New Year's Day and just starting with this, just laying, laying a new imprint down. Uh, another new piece in this year's program is making art. And this is art not to make something for someone else, but we all have those creative longings that we just haven't given enough space or time to. And for me, two of those are painting. I love watercolor painting and oil painting. And I do it every now and again, but my soul really wants to do a lot more of it. And uh, cooking. I also love to cook. And in recent years, my cooking has gotten to be more functional, but I want to make it more artistic again and have dinner parties for people and just really enjoy that culinary experience. So that's what I'll be honing in, in this year next year rather in a year of she and you're invited to see what creative project you want to undertake and to get support and accountability in that the other new dimension in a year of she is uh, community service and it seems like every day there's a new crisis you know a new cause to donate to uh, a new thing that we need to advocate for or be aware of and I'm realizing that as a spiritual community of women, it would be really powerful if we can join forces. And when things happen in the world, maybe join together in, in a prayer circle. It's been shown that when at least eight people join in prayer, it has really powerful effects on the material plane. There's a new book about that called The Power of Eight by Lynn Taggart, if anyone is interested in checking that out. So coming together in prayer or maybe fundraising for a certain cause or other things that come to mind about ways that we want to bring our spiritual practice out in a practical way of helping others in the world. And then there's another piece of this, uh, of the year of she for women who want to bring their spiritual insights into their careers. Because ultimately our careers are received from the mind of God. It's we are guided to what our assignment is in this lifetime. And when we listen in prayer and meditation, we can then take those next steps to 
be that person and to create those things in the world. And she leadership circle is a mastermind, a very intimate mastermind, less than 10 women that runs concurrently with the year of she, but we really focus on a woman's career and her finances and her creative expression in the world. Uh, so those are all happening starting on January 1st and registration is open for a couple more days. So until Thursday, December 14th. And if you want to learn more or to join us, it's at a year of And when I first started this eight years ago, a monthly membership was the cost equivalent to a one month gym membership or yoga studio membership. But now I'm seeing that those membership prices are doubled now, <laughs> but my prices haven't changed. So it's meant to be very accessible to really honor that this is a primary, this is like a cornerstone for our lives. And I wanna make it as accessible as possible uh, for women to make that so and to really stick with it because we are so addicted and the world keeps brainwashing us that power is outside of us, that happiness is outside of us. Like if I can just get that relationship, if I can just get that job, if I can just live in that place, if I can just weigh that amount or have those clothes or that car, then I'll be happy then all will be well. But we know that's not true, right? You have things now that you once really longed for, thinking that that would be the answer to everything, and you know that it's not because now you're looking for something else. So the most important thing, the best gift that we can give ourselves in this time of gift giving is to nurture the inner light. And that's what this time of Advent is about, the celebration of the birth of Christ, the birth of light. As we move up to the solstice as well, it's letting that light within be reborn. And what happens is that light is not just reborn naturally. The light is within us, but forces of darkness will continue to put out that light unless we actively cultivate and safeguard a sphere of light around us. This is, spirituality, it's a very active process. If you don't claim your light, other people will. It's, it's really serious business. It doesn't mean that we can't have fun doing it. <laughs> fun is important and laughter is important. And enjoying ourselves is important, but to really honor that spirituality is really the key to everything that we want in life. And where the 20th century was very much about technological advances, and certainly the 21st century is as well and will continue to be, but what will be the defining distinction of the 21st century is that it's really about the inner technology, the technology of awakening. And there's a mass awakening happening on the planet that is not limited to a certain gender or a certain country. It's, 
it's it's everywhere and it's it's rising up from the bottom just like animals birds fly together fish swim together it's it's, just, it's a phenomenon in nature nature called emergence and this is what's happening for all of us now this emergence all of us rising up together no one leader but we need to be tuned in we need to be listening for the role that we're meant to play in the collective and we need to stay internally strong so that we don't get overwhelmed so that we don't collapse into our own you know poor me stories or making it all about me because the era of selfish individualism is over this is the time of of we it's the time of collaboration it's the time of global awakening so i hope that these tools will serve you in the new year to be part of the solution because if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem okay that's just how it is right so let's be people women men if there are men here who rise to the occasion and decide to be part of the solution. All right, and again, if you wanna join me for this journey and cultivating all of these things next year, I think next year's gonna be a big year for all of us in ways we can't even fathom, uh, please join me at ayearofshe.com. All right, so good to see you all, and many blessings over this holiday season. The holidays can be a really mixed bag and however they play out for you, I just send you a lot of blessings and a lot of love. Thank you and namaste. The light in me bows to the light in you. If you're inspired to live these teachings in your daily life, come on over and explore A Year of She at ayearofshe.com. This is a 365-day course with women's yoga classes, meditation, dharma talks, community, seasonal living, and so much more. We're a sisterhood that doesn't just talk about things, we actually practice. And this isn't about crystals and rituals, although we love those things too, but it's about genuinely working with your own energy because the real power isn't in things outside of you, however wonderful those things are. The real power is in you, and it's a rare woman who really lives that. Remember, registration is only open once a year, which is right now, and our 12-month journey starts on January 1st. It would be an honor to support you in stepping into your strength, feminine wisdom, and power in the year ahead. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.